No. Okay. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the I Am a Human Being podcast. I'm here with the wonderful John Prince. He is an amazing creator. He is very popular on Instagram, which we're going to talk about today for anybody who wants to be a creator and who wants to grow. But most importantly, he's amazing at giving great advice and mental health, spirituality, helping you as a confidence coach and mental health coach. And I have so many questions for him today. He's also a wonderful dad, um, has a wonderful family, a great marriage. And there's going to be tons of questions, relationship questions for him that we have today too. Um, you probably know him as the perception coach on Instagram. Um, he makes amazing videos and I totally love his authentic vibe. He's one of the people I can say that is very genuine if you guys know me you know i'm not like talking around if i don't like someone i'm gonna tell it but he's a wonderful person i really like him we just um met i think a few months ago a month ago started to do like a podcast and i really consider him as like a good person that i'm looking forward to like grow a friendship with um yeah, I'm really excited to be with here, John. With, uh, with you here, John, and I'm really curious about a bunch of stuff, a bunch of teachings you teach, and want to dive deeper. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be with you here. Would you introduce yourself in a way that you actually want to um, express yourself in a way that you want to? What is it that you do? What is the is it the kind of value that you give to people? And yeah, what are you excited about? Wow. Uh, thank you so much. That's the, like the best introduction ever. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that, that is awesome. And um, yeah, we, you know, we've connected for, for a little while now and it's been amazing. Um, I'm learning loads from you, Star. So uh, yeah, really excited to be here and to, to share some tips and, and to chat. Um, in terms of me, really, yeah, I'm a, a life and mindset coach. And what I do is I help empower people to really discover who they are to create meaning in their life and to live with confidence and empowerment. So that means being able to make their own decisions, their own choices authentically. So not really living out that life of, I should be doing this, but actually sitting down and thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? And who do I want to be? Because a lot of who we are is um, not really who we are. And I think once we start peeling that away and finding out what are we genuinely interested and curious about, then we can really uncover that and live, you know, a life that we choose to do and, and make an impact with that as well. I love that. I actually want to jump in right into the authentic interest of people because a lot of people are confused on what is it they really like. They always ask, what do I value? What should I do? What should I choose? What's the right thing to choose? And it seems that the position that they choose things from a lot of times is tainted by patterns and i saw you speaking about unconditional acceptance as well maybe you want to dive into that even with this question a little bit later it depends on what you want to do but my question would be the interest aspect because a lot of people chase validation and present themselves in a way that they think they're going to be liked by others what is it how do we get the interest the authentic interest how can we explore that? How can we practice that? How can we practice being ourselves? And how can we be authentically ourselves? And what does it actually give us in form of benefit? Yeah, I love that question. And, and there's actually a question that I recommend people ask themselves that is really a great way to, to step into finding out what they want and being their authentic selves. I think, and it links well with, unconditional self-acceptance because unconditional self-acceptance is the idea that I have value and worth as a human being and that's absolutely unchangeable it doesn't matter what you do what mistakes you make um, what you say how you change you always have worth as a human being and also everybody else has that as well it's just a belief that I have it's a it's something that I learned and started to embody and um, really believe in and it's really powerful it's a great place to live because it means that we don't have to judge everybody else as a person based on what they do. We can actually find out why they're doing what they do, what led them to that and help them change. Because when our worth is attached to our actions, 
then if we mess up and make a mistake, it means we're a bad person. And if you're a bad person, A, you can't change that because you're now a bad person. And B, we act in accordance to what we identify with. So then the moment somebody comes becomes a bad person, they then start doing bad things consciously or subconsciously. And that's part of the problem with the whole um, rehabilitation program of people are, are told to feel bad for who they are and what they've done. Well, when somebody's in that place, they're not going to want to change. And we all experience that to some level where we might feel that, you know, I've done something bad and then I feel like I'm a bad person. And then that becomes a story. It becomes an identity that we live into. So the idea of that unconditional self-acceptance is saying that I can rate my behaviors. I can change my behaviors and say, look, I messed up. I did something wrong, but it doesn't make me wrong. And there, once we really, really get that and really start living from that place, is there's no more place of freedom than that because it's so powerful. And what you find is, as you develop that unconditional acceptance for yourself, you feel better about yourself. You're less judgmental of others. And from that place, you, you don't want to do bad things to people because you feel good about yourself. Because the reality is people do bad things to other people because they feel bad about themselves, right? Hurt people hurt other people. And that's why they lash out. It's how we feel. I know if I'm having a bad day and I'm frustrated or I'm worried about something and I'm feeling like in pain inside me, that's what comes out versus when we're feeling good about ourselves you know someone can really do something that really can get to you and you can really handle that from a different place if you're feeling good about yourselves or accepting yourself because you just see them as a, a flawed person that makes mistakes like all of us without having to be so critical um and and in terms of where we can really decide what we want the question for people to ask themselves and I didn't even ask myself this for like the first 30 years of my life I was just doing things for other people or doing things I thought I should do and then I finally stopped and asked well what do I really want and not feeling selfish about that as well because it felt selfish when I I remember I uh I read a book called No More Mr Nice Guy by Dr Robert Glover and the book was really powerful for me because it first off, it kind of like completely laid out how I was behaving and what was happening in my life. And then it gave some practical steps to be able to overcome that. And one of the challenges in this book was it was to do, do everything for yourself for a week. So just live a week in the life of you don't have to think about everybody else. You just get to have it's like a bit of, bit of a selfish week where you say, what do I want? What do I want to do? What would I like to do? And it felt really uncomfortable for me. I felt like. I was like bad for doing that. You know, I should be considering other people. And I remember at the time I was playing poker and that's what before coaching, I played poker professionally. And um, I remember living with friends that didn't play poker. And I was um, one of my friends came home from work and he was like, hey, um, do you want to watch some TV or something? And I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and play poker because uh, I need to play. And he was like, yeah, cool, sure. But I'd been living in a world of I can't do things that might upset other people even like me wanting to go and play poker because he'd asked me to do something I felt like I had to say yes to everybody it was really really like full scale the the place I was coming from and then he was like no go for it yeah and then I start to see that when I ask for what I want and I start to ask people to support me with things that I wanted making requests people were really happy to help you especially the people that care about you and, and your true friends and I really found that like, I'd just been not been asking myself that question. What do I want to eat? Where do I want to go? What do I want to wear? Um, what do I find interesting? Because I was always playing the guessing game of what should I, what would look good? What would other people like? And so I never really knew who I was and what I liked. And so I got to, you know, 30 years of age and never really found that out. It was always, let me do something that other people will like so that I can become popular or and and the more i tried to do it the less popular i became yeah it's the paradox of if you chase the validation of others a lot of times you're just being seen as needy inauthentic but if you be yourself and find your value and do the things you value from a place of not from a place of compulsions of course which would be addictively reacting to jealousy or neediness or other patterns um but from a place of this is what i like this is what i want 
and a lot of people they feel they don't feel deserving and i love that you like the selfishness week it's actually related to mark freeman talks about this with stealing happiness because a lot of people don't feel deserving so they think they're not deserving of this so he says just steal it just take it and in the beginning it's going to feel uncomfortable but over time you see that you actually are deserving of the good things people don't feel good enough to make a podcast people feel, don't feel good enough to start a business and he says just steal it take it and the more you do it that's not stealing money from someone else or anything but the more you do it the more you show your brain that you're actually good enough so i love that um <clears throat> when you coach right you do one-on-one -on -one coaching what is the when you have a new client what is the first thing that you do with that client on the call is it the first thing really is we'll, we'll jump in a course the first time i'm meeting somebody and i just want to find out what their challenge is or what their goal is um so they're either being held back by something or they want to move towards something and their challenge and a goal are pretty similar because they're both an obstacle the goal can be an obstacle i want to get to that place and i don't know how or i want to get there quicker or the challenge is just right in front of us and we want to go over that so i want to find out what that is and the first thing i want to do is just show them it i want them to show them what the challenge or the goal is because we see it on the surface. Somebody might have a goal of, I want to write a book or I want to get in a relationship or whatever that is. And then we really need to see why that's not happening right now and get super clear on it and then paint that picture and then show what life is like if we carry on from that place. Because a lot of the problems that we have in, in the short term are in fact long-term problems that if we don't address them now, they can impact us for the, for the rest of our lives. So showing them that completely in the beginning is a really powerful step and then i want to find out what their goals are and more importantly are they their real goals because yeah. somebody can have a goal of writing a book but their goal of writing a book is because they think that's what they should do because society's told them that you if you write a book that's a cool thing to do or that's just what people do and then you know there's some great questions i'll ask like if you did write that book and you got there and you achieved that how excited would you be out of 10 like how much would that mean to you? What would that mean to you? And if somebody can't answer that question, they're probably not their goal. They've just got a goal that someone else has given them. So I want to find out, is this really something for you? Are you excited for it? Because quite often people are saying, well, I'm not motivated. I don't have any motivation. I'm lazy. Well, yeah, you're probably lazy and not motivated because you're moving towards something you don't really want to do. Because what, anything that you know you achieve uh, when you work really hard, it's going to be tough. There's going to be times you want to give up. There's going to be lots of challenges and there's going to be lots of things you just don't enjoy doing. I remember when I was first putting subtitles on my videos and did it all myself. And this is before like Instagram creates automatic captions for you. I'd have to use an app and spend like an hour, hour and a half on each video to get all the subtitles done and get it all sorted. Like I wouldn't do that if I didn't really care about it and, and it wasn't important to me and I didn't really enjoy it. If that was just me doing a, a job that I thought I should do, I'd have just quit. I wouldn't have done it. So it's really when someone's you know lazy or they're not moving towards it, maybe it's just not their goal. So I want to find out like, what is it you want to move towards? And then what are the fears or the um, doubts that are blocking people from moving towards it? Because there are real genuine fears like you go out and you get hit by a car that's something you should be cautious of and you know take steps for but then there's fears of like fear of being embarrassed in front of other people which again it's not pleasant you don't want to be embarrassed but if we have a belief that that absolutely must not ever happen and that is the worst thing that could ever happen if it did that's just going to be so restricting and if we can just see what these really are and it's funny because when you put them on the table and show them to somebody, quite often they say, oh, that's so silly. <laughs> why, have, why, have, why has that been happening? But it's just been floating around in the subconscious and we make it conscious and see it. And so, well, yeah, it is silly. Do you want it to keep stopping you? No. Cool. Let's craft some steps and let's get you moving in the, the right direction um, so that it no longer holds you back. And, and from a values perspective, it's really finding out is somebody living into what's most important to them what they value or are they valuing things like comfort and safety and looking good um and if those are the things that are important they're going to be driving all the behaviors 
So it's really initially just seeing everything exactly how it is, not from a place of judgment, but it's just that's how it is. That's what those are the behaviors. That's what's happening. Do you want to keep on doing that? Or is there something else or something more for you? And then let's lean into that. I love that. Um, how big are the topics of, for example, relationships in your coaching? Like not only friends relationship, but romantic relationships, I know. But it seems nowadays that it's harder and harder for people to connect. It's harder and harder for people, especially adults, to even find friends. And when you come on this path and find out that you can do things differently, sometimes you estrange yourself from the community that you used to be in because maybe they don't want to grow, that maybe your old friends don't want to grow the same way you want to grow. And now you stand there. And there might be also people who, for example, always been a loner, but now see how important it is to have a community, to have friends. How would you help someone or show them, for example, how to grow relationships or how to grow friends in a world like today? Because even though it might be harder to connect, as human beings, we still have to do it because connection is essential for any well-being of a person people go crazy who don't have connection so what can you do what tools do you give people to build those connections or grow those relationships when they stand there by themselves and don't know how to do it yeah so it's a great question and i think it's just important to note that relationships are at the heart of everything connections at the heart of everything we really want it whether we know it or not we want to connect with other people it's it's amazing so the first place starts with connecting with ourselves like if we don't know who we are and we're not we're not accepting of who we are it's very very difficult to connect with others because we're walking around hiding you know you're going into a social group scared of uh, oh someone's going to ask me questions about myself and I don't know what to say um, so everything becomes scary. So that first place really is building the relationship with ourselves, getting to know ourselves. What do I like? What don't I like? And also becoming our own best friend. And from that place, if we actually build this place, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect or anything. It's completely the opposite. It's I can like myself and be okay with myself as I am and build that out. And then once you've got that, then you can go into relationships with others um and it's really seemed like every time we're interacting with other people it's a relationship whether that's a friend it could be a colleague it could be a romantic relationship and the one thing that shifted for me that I think was important well there's a couple of things first was I wanted to connect with people that had the right values because initially I was like well just does this person like me that was the most important thing but that didn't really work out because yeah lots of people like me but lots of not always the right people And so when you start saying, well, what do I value? So for me, it was like I really valued um, kindness, respect, uh, loyalty, trust, honesty. And these are all things that I valued, but I didn't realize and I didn't really know. So once I knew that, then I would look for that in the people that I was connecting with. You know, are they treating me kindly? Are they being respectful to me? And that could be things like, are they listening to me when I'm talking? Are they asking me questions? Are they interested And that allowed me to kind of cut out the people that didn't make me feel good because because those people that didn't make me feel good, they did like me because it was like I was the person that would hang around. But then I realized, well, actually, no, I don't feel good um, and I'm not feeling that the values that I want are there. So you can use that as a filter. So that's a great place to start. And then the second place, which is probably the most powerful when it comes to building relationships is are you adding value to that relationship yourself? Because if we're always going in looking to take, like, what's this person going to do for me? What's this person going to give me? Then we are not really adding anything. So how can we expect to meet quality people that want to spend time with us when all we want to do is come and take? So not only is this great for building relationships, but it's great for us as well. Because what you feel really, really powerful and you feel secure in yourself when you have something to give. 
it's like being the restaurant versus being the customer coming in the restaurant. Mm. If you're the restaurant and you create not just food, but good quality food that people can't wait to come and sample, you're going to be popular as a result of that. And you're going to be secure as a result of that. You're going to have a great business. And versus the person who goes in to be fed is the restaurant that's doing the feeding. So if we're always taking, it's like we're the person going into the restaurant, wanting mm-hmm. them to give us the food and always wondering, are they open? Uh, can they cook for me today? But will I get this? Versus once we become that person that provides value from a relationship perspective, and you, you bring this into any, am I adding value to this person? Am I making them feel good? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, and not doing it. Here's the ultimate key of this, not doing it to get something back because that's when it flips on its head. If it's, well, I'm going to make myself valuable, I'm going to give to others, but I want them to appreciate it. And I want them to say thank you. And I want them to give me something back. Now you're back in scarcity because it's always a fear of, well, I'm doing it to get something. But when mm-hmm. we give without attachment, or we're giving because we genuinely want to. What we do is we make ourselves not more valuable as, a, as an actual person because our worth is from an unconditional self-acceptance space is unchangeable, but we make ourselves useful which is good for building confidence and good for building our sense of security as well. I love that. Um, I actually, before this podcast, I just had a call with my best friend. He actually lives in Abu Dhabi. Uh, His name is Ify and I know him since um, college and he was the most popular person I've seen on campus, like literally. And he lives like, I think he told me he lives by the golden rule. Um, treat other people how you want to be treated um, but it was so funny like he always he tells me the story and I always saw it he once um, walked with his teacher across campus just like they had to walk together across campus it was a big campus like a city Kelsa Long Beach and they cr- walked across campus and he like everybody they met so many people that he had to say hello he had to like stop everywhere with that teacher uh, like every 10 meters to say hello and be uh they had like a happy conversation or like that would dab him and at the end i think the teacher asked Evie, are you selling drugs <laughs> i cannot believe everybody knows you like this and it was literally him um and he told me this today he always tries to give some like make people happy but from like a real like being interested and like boost them up but not from a place i think of like getting like the feeling or like getting validation it's just that's naturally how he always been and he has the ability to really make people feel good and that's that's what we want in relationship like we don't want someone who's constantly venting like I know there's those addictive venting relationships where both people are like taking from each other. Like every time something bad happens to them, they vent to them. But these relationships, you don't want to be in because those two people don't really be honest, care about each other. They only care about the way the other person makes them feel, right? So yeah, it's interesting the dynamics between people. And I think you explained that so well. My follow-up question would be, could you give an example in your life of you putting those things to actions? Maybe like small examples with your, with your wife, with your kids, with your friends. Maybe you can think of some scenarios where you're conscious of um, giving people or also receiving or why is this friend your friend? Uh, what are the values where you choose? Or is there such a thing as connection? just a thing that happens between people or is it um a mixture between connection value so i know i gave like a bunch of questions but just to like give some examples i'm sure you have a good answer to what i just said yeah no it's the so connection is like this this thing that's happening on a deeper level there's the stuff we can explain and there's the tips and strategies and then there's stuff we can't explain it kind of happens as a result and it's connection connections that the deeper stuff you know, I can explain a lot of things about my wife that I really like that really allow me to connect with her. But then there's a lot that I can't explain as well. The same way that, you know, you walk in a room and you meet somebody and within two or three seconds, you know, if there's someone that you want to connect with or not, and you can't really explain that. And that's something that happens. Um, some of the things that she does really well is when, mm-hmm. when we're 
um, with each other. She's very present. She's not on her phone. Yeah. She's, you know, engaging, asked me lots of questions um, and really listens. And I've always loved that. And because I felt like I'm being appreciated. Um, I think that's and, like the space that you give a person, right? Yeah. You're giving like the person a space to express themselves. I think that's a big thing for me when I have coaching calls or interact with people. I think what people sense is that I don't have to bring in my ego um, or I need to need to get something. I can just like be open. Is that, would you say it's like a space that people give from a non-neediness? Yeah. Do you know, I think the, the term you mentioned there is important. It's non-neediness, but it's also not having to prove or ego because exactly. like, true, true coaching isn't actually... Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about coaching, but coaching actually isn't offering advice. Coaching is finding out from somebody with good questions and listening to them and holding a space for them to figure stuff out for themselves. Like mentoring is giving advice, you know, and in, in this conversation, we'll give advice and tips that are useful because maybe we've been in that spot before and we've experienced something that can help someone who's having a difficulty navigating it. But like the coaching side is like you, just getting curious and asking someone questions you have to put your ego out of the way because you might sit there going well i know what's best for this person or <laughs> i you know i can tell them what to do and it takes putting ego aside to ask them to figure it out for themselves because yeah. you have to get out of your own way i found it very difficult in the, the early days of coaching because i was so used to just just giving advice and yeah. just to sit and be just listen and, and bracket my own assumptions and judgments and just let someone talk and then get stay curious is like it's a real skill that's difficult to do yeah. um, but you notice people that are good at that when you it's it's not I want to say it's, it's difficult to do it's really simple but it takes like practice because we've spent years yeah. giving advice taking advice and not really been trained in somebody saying hey what do you want or yeah, what, why do you feel like that? Or what would be, because there's no advice giving. There's no, we, we put our own like usefulness out of the way for a moment to let someone have that space. Well, it's challenging because most people are so self-centered, right? Even most coaches are so, oh, I'm the biggest, you gotta, and they don't really focus on helping. They just like, oh, I'm so great. People pay me, da-da-da-da-da, you know? Mm. So... Yeah, I think that that's when I see what I love to see is when like a client is talking about how much change they've made for themselves and, and what they've done for themselves, because the coach is just facilitating that exactly. versus when you see, you know, people talk about these gurus and coaches like they're the best thing in the world. Well, there's a distance between the guru and the person that can make people feel like uncomfortable, whereas yeah. we want to be like on a level that we're all just on different stages of our journey and we all have something to teach each other because yeah i learned so much from my I, family I say, from... yeah i learned so much from my clients as well you know through their practice their problems and that helped me to help more people yeah and that's the thing right it's i i've i've learned a lot because i've 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 had over a thousand hours now of coaching um one-on-one -on -one coaching with people from people all around the world and that's a lot of listening and that's a lot of people having challenges and goals from different angles which has given me a different perspective on how people work and what people think and what what works and what doesn't work but it's all just learning and and people fascinate me like with the strategies that they come up with that work but also the things yeah. that they're doing that don't work and you just yeah you're just learning so much every time you sit with someone you know what would be interesting if we on some point make another cut because we are both two coaches and we've done it like for a long time if we make like one podcast where we coach each other like or like ask each other questions or the most best like tools that we usually use or whatever maybe something comes that's opening up maybe on some point um we're going to do that i don't think a lot of people have done that yet maybe because they can't take their ego out or i've never seen it like two coaches like coaching each other on a call yeah, definitely because being coached is really vulnerable right i know this from my yeah. own i've had lots and lots of coaching along these last few years and it's easier to coach than be coached because when you when you're being coached you're on the hot seat you're answering questions and you're vulnerable you've got a 
share things that maybe you don't want to share or go to places you don't want to go and get uncomfortable to create those results. So I think that'd be really exciting thing to do or scary thing to do, to be honest and vulnerable, but it would be, be really powerful. But one of the things I've learned from our conversations just over the few last few weeks, I think I mentioned to you recently, I've had quite a lot of personal shifts where we approach similar topics from different angles and from seeing the same thing from a different angle can just open things up. Like I've noticed in the last few weeks, just how um, I use social media to, to connect with an audience and share a message and create content, which I love doing and also to run a business. But I noticed how I'd, I'd gone back to old compulsions of like picking up the phone or wanting to check the likes or um, just overusing it. And it was only from the way that you were explaining things and, and building emotional fitness that I managed to then see that I was doing that, but from just a, a different place, and I started to become more mindful again, more present again, use the phone a lot less when I'm with my kids. Just I told my daughter the other day, she found this so funny. I said, if you see daddy on his phone, you can say to him, daddy, put your phone away. I want to have mm, a conversation with you. And now she finds it really funny because every time she sees me on the phone, she says, daddy, put That's your phone away. Right. You have your personal, <laughs> oh, you find so, a cheat code. Yeah. You have your personal, tell someone that you, you she should get money for this at this point. <laughs> You have your personal, put your phone down in person with you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so she she can be my my police woman, so she can patrol me and, yeah. and make sure I'm on 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 form. But yeah, it's just really noticing all this stuff. But um, and and seeing it from different angles can be really helpful too. I love that. Um, maybe the aspect of. Okay, first off, yeah, th let's go there first. Questions is one of the most powerful things that we have. With questions, if I make a video on social media and ask a question in the first line, a lot of times I will have watch time. Why? Because everybody wants to answer a question, right? If we say, what's your favorite color? They, you at least stay long enough to think about, oh, what was my favorite color? Even if you scroll right after, right? With questions we can maneuver an entire conversation most people who are most people are not that conscious so they will maneuver with the question because their brain they just follow with the identification of the brain if you are more conscious and you are not easily being manipulated by thoughts and emotions we can when someone tries to manipulate us with questions be like okay wait that that person tries to veer me in a certain direction so it can be used in a positive way and a negative way in coaching, we use it in a very positive way to let the client find their own answers, to even direct the clients a lot of times in a direction where we want to let them find themselves because we have practiced this before. So we want to put them in that direction. But we also, it's more, a lot of times, very powerful for them to recognize it themselves. Um, yes, because we are so respected, we, we probably could do it with our questions because they're going to take the answers. But if anybody wants to know an interpersonal relationship, a lot of people don't like being told what to do. But if you ask them questions in a direction that could be healthier, and they find it out themselves, they're like, oh, damn, okay, let me do that. But if you tell them, they're like, nah, I don't want to be told what to do. So my question would be, what are some of the most helpful questions, most important questions that you ask your clients in the sessions for them to have improvements? So, yeah, there's, there's a few questions that definitely stand out uh, that I think are really useful. One thing that I will just share, because I know we were talking about communication and how to connect with others. One of the things to be aware of is when we're asking other people questions, are we asking open or closed questions? So open questions will allow that person to really like, open up and share something about them whereas closed questions just shut it down and if you're wanting to connect with people and build your communication skills going in and saying somebody they might say hey i went on holiday and you go oh um was it good or did you like it and then they've just got a yes or no answer oh. and it might shut down the conversation versus you say oh oh you went on holiday um you'd say um what was your favorite thing about the holiday and now they can tell you about oh well we had this day where we went to the mountains and we saw this 
And then you say, well, what did you like about that? And these are now open questions that allow you to find out about that person. Some people won't want to go there and, and won't, but most people do because they like to talk about themselves or they like to share. But keeping it open keeps it open. It keeps the conversation open. Um, and it's a great way to connect with people. Um, and you can also just gain, learn about them, like learn about that person. Is this someone that's interesting? Is this someone that um, I want to connect more with? So that's just a good thing to, to have in mind. Um, when it comes to clients, it's really funny because um, lots of people come to coaching expecting to just right come in. Here's my problem now. Tell me how to solve it. Right, and uh, <laughs> that's that's like what so many people are expecting to have happen. And the question that and my clients, you know, they I know you're going to ask this. They come in, they sit down and say, "What would make this an impactful call for you today?" And they're like, "I know you're going to ask this," and and I'm not sure. And it's funny that when often when they come into a call and they don't know what they want or they're not sure you that, or they've done that. I asked them that. Yeah. What you asked in the beginning, what would make this an impactful call for you today? Yes. Right. Because I want to know what do they want to what do they want to get out of the call? Because we've coached that. Them, That's such but, a great question. Yeah, the smartest, the smartest fuck. Right. <laughs> so it's, really, yeah. But it's it's just what it what's leads gonna... the it leads it from the right place, right start in the, the right direction. Yeah, and it's letting them lead. Because coaching is, a, you're, as a coach, you're a leader. You can ask questions, but the client's directing the conversation because they're the one that knows where they want to go. So you're just helping keep them on point. If At the beginning of the conversation, we'll put a flag out of, here's where we want to go. What would make this impactful? What would you most want to achieve today? And they might say, I want more confidence or I want to improve my yeah. relationships. And we can get more specific and find out where and then put the flag down and then I'll help bring them back to it. Unless we find out that really that's not what they really wanted. And halfway through the conversation, we found out that there's a different problem that we need to address, but we can bring them back. But that question, you know, what would make this impactful for you is that's them thinking for themselves about what they want, which is what most people don't want. Because they go, tell me what we should work on today. And I go, great, let's work on your scheduling and your routine or let's do this. We're just not going to solve the real problem. Because the real problem is they're not asking themselves that question. Wake up in the morning. What do I want to do today? What do I like? What would be important for me? Yeah. So we're setting setting out there. So that's a great question um, uh, to ask there. And the, it makes them... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go on. No, go ahead. You're the guest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it gets them to think for themselves and, and what they really want. I was going to share another question, but I'll, I'll, I'll come to that after. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay uh and it makes them the leader right it trains them to be a leader instead of a like constantly just waiting for you to do the thing um well, my, my follow-up question would be like what kind of answers do you get usually when you ask that question like what are some examples of oh like what are some examples like real examples not general ones from like your recent calls or like overall like Oh, I want to grow. I don't know. Man. I want to. I want to get my ex back, or I want to um, make a million dollars. Like I know these might not be close, or there might be, but yeah. What are usually the kind of answers you get? The typical answers I get are, are what's the immediate problem for this person. So the immediate thing is it might be like I'm just feeling overwhelmed and I want to get get rid of that, or. Um, I'm lacking confidence and I want to be more confident or there's a particular area. I work with a lot of poker players and they might have a particular area that's not working for them right now. Like I get really frustrated and in poker, there's a term called tilted, which means just like really angry or emotionally frustrated at a situation. They might say, I get tilted all the Makes time. Sense. And you cannot show your emotions up <laughs> and down, right? I mean, yeah. I, I read that in uh, Dan Bilzerian's book. He said it gave him like a, a real bad relationship with his emotions because he had to push them down or because he couldn't show the other guys that he, he, he was excited about winning because then he was like, oh, they're not going to play with me <laughs> again. Um, even though I think because he was checking on that with his brain, he was like, even freaking himself out that he builds a bad relationship that that actually gave him over time because that is a compulsion. But so yeah, go ahead. Um, with the poker players, are they like having the same like kind of issue? 
they they will have a lot of the same issues but they show up in so many different ways and i think it's mm. a lot of like a lot of problems most people have um you know it comes down to a lot of the same things that we've we're afraid of something we don't know what we're doing um or we don't feel like we're good enough and that comes down to that unconditional self-acceptance which is a great way to start healing that but yeah. that's what it comes down to and you know not wanting to avoid discomfort and so as a result people are doing the same behaviors and patterns to try and avoid feeling those things or doing doing that so how do you how do you train someone to accept themselves it's a great question so first off is to really have a look at um how or why they're not accepting themselves so what are some of the behaviors that they're doing when they're not accepting themselves so it might be just being too agreeable it might be not saying no it might be um not planning their day because they feel like if they do that it's selfish like there's going to be lots of different behaviors and strategies that people are doing a lot of them are to seek approval because when we're not accepting ourselves we do one of two things and life is revolves around this either we're seeking approval will other people like me will this look good or avoiding disapproval so i want to make sure i don't get that and then that becomes the filter the driver of all the behaviors because of a belief underneath the surface that i'm not good enough as i am or i'm wrong or i'm bad um and this often gets formed in the the early years and then just compounds and plays out for the rest of life and it's unconscious so the the key is to really look at some of those behaviors that are specific for the person it might be needing to look perfect all the time or needing to not make any mistakes or whatever that is mm. so let's have a look at what are the behaviors what are what are those there and start to change those but but really the key underneath the surface is is looking at that belief of well if i make a mistake or if somebody doesn't like me then that means i'm not good enough right so that's like the core belief so what we want to look at is consciously changing that belief and then going and taking the behaviors to prove that that belief that people have is not true so if there if there's a belief underneath the surface that if i'm not perfect then i'm not worthy of love and connection and acceptance then that means that they're just going to go around being perfect all the time because the thought of being imperfect or making a mistake or letting somebody down or being disapproved of is too scary to ever do it. So first is just to consciously make a decision to change that belief to say that you know what I'm going to accept myself unconditionally even if other people don't accept me even if I make mistakes and know that you can feel you can still feel the feelings of um guilt or shame or whatever else comes up but still make a conscious decision that i will unconditionally accept myself so that that's a choice that anybody can make regardless of what's happened in the past who's let them down how they've been parented or what experiences or traumas they've had they can still make a, a decision in the present that those past events are not going to keep playing out and keep continue to have that belief that they've got so making that decision in the present to change that belief then looking at the behaviors and then it that's where it comes to getting out in action and taking actions to prove that that's not the case and you can do that with tiny little actions like just asking for what you want saying no to somebody um being assertive making mistakes you can deliberately say somebody's name wrong because that's going to feel like uncomfortable um and and do things like that which you your brain's like there's no way we can do that because we've got all of these rules and beliefs that say that we can't and then go out and and take those actions to start um smashing through that belief so do something wrong so to say and still accept yourself for it exactly right and you can even feel the and feeling of shame is, sorry go ahead you need you need even feel the feeling of shame which is shame comes uh -huh. with it's a feeling of i'm i'm not worthy of acceptance or that that i'm bad or wrong and it comes from doing something that's not socially acceptable essentially and so you can do the thing that's not socially acceptable not something that's going to harm other people or you know anything that's going to detract you from your goals but just something that's not socially acceptable like you might put your arm up in a in a um, workshop or 
yeah. an event and ask a stupid question and everyone's just look at you stupid i remember when i was at university um i went back to university so i was older to study a master in psychology and i remember like think practicing this at the time and i just knew if i had a question there's like 200 people in the lecture room just put my hand up and ask it even if it feels like it's a stupid question just to train myself to be able to do it that's because so like great. you know because you you asking the question is like saying i don't know and i want to know yeah. the answer and if it's a silly one then you're just doing it and and everyone's going to look at you and and because we we that's where we don't hold we hold back and, and we've got this little voice inside of us and then truth. that's how you destroy your confidence because you show yourself you're not good enough that's yeah. exactly what i teach the behavior is showing your brain you know it's training ourselves that every time we don't put a hand up or don't say anything and then afterwards we're like oh i knew i should have asked that question or, yeah. i wish i'd have done that and we're not connecting with that true part of us that voice yeah. of us that's that there is the authentic truth it gets shut down and suppressed and that part the key with this is it doesn't have to be perfect you can put your hand up and ask a stupid question and make a mistake you can go and do something that completely messes up but if yeah. you're listening to that part of you and acting on it yeah you're saying that that part of me is important and it deserves to be heard mm -hmm. and eventually you'll do enough things where yeah. you'll ask a silly question or you'll say something or you'll mess up and the other person will still accept you. And then you start to think, well, wow, maybe that belief that I had about myself wasn't true. But the real, like the rubber hits the road with this when you're out in action, because you you can think about this all day long, but unless you're doing it, um, nothing will change. And that's how like hypnosis works as well. If you hypnotize somebody, what they're doing is creating a new belief that gives them new behaviors. And from that moment, they step out of the office, they act in a new way and get a whole bunch of evidence that says it's safe to be like that. Mm. And that's why the belief carries on. It's confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, in a good way. The, that can go in the other way, where when you have the people who always want to be the center of attention and always um try to make themselves seen um but mostly the kind of clients that you have are the ones that are not showing themselves so that's a great way to do it man i have so much i have so much to say about that um from my own experience i i think how i trained myself was defiance it was like pride i got like bullied when i was a kid for like seven years and even though I got bullied, I usually always stood up, but like, it was really a tough time for me. But later on, when I still had this like PTSD of like, I was literally, when I transferred to a different school and I had to do a um, presentation in front of class, I did it, sounded confident, sounded good. I was sweating inside because I still felt the attacks from the other school. And I remember I did the thing and I was like, inside I was hot. I'm not a person who sweats at all, like a lot. So it was just like heated up and they would, but I was still sweating. I was sitting down next to this girl, I remember. And she was like, you did so great. And I was like, damn, I was so nervous. And she was like, I couldn't even tell. And, but it's like this thing where then later I went to acting schools and I got scholarships for these two acting schools and I made it the point, but it came from pride. When we made the craziest exercise, the craziest improv in front of like the 30 kids that all been like, um, all been casted from like all over the world, got scholarships to jump on stage first. From all the crazy ones, I would still make like jump on stage first, always try to be first, but it was like almost a sense of like, I need to do something with my life. I need to... And I, don't, I know it's not going to happen if I'm not going to be first. And I, I don't, I'd rather have the pain of embarrassing myself or I have the, I'd rather have the pain of the fear than the pain of being a nobody. So I trained myself to jump on stage, jump on stage, raise my hand and be like really defined. Um, yeah, and there's some people who will not do it and more and more get quiet and quiet and the quieter they get and the more they react to these feelings of not doing it, the harder it is to get out of that because the brain will just make everything anxious. Like that's the people who are scared of every social event. So um, there's many ways that human beings get to this point. I'm not saying that my way was the healthiest because it still came from a place of um, 
I want to be somebody. And it might still like involve some like fierceness. But um, there's many ways that people get to that. But it has to be that thing of doing the action. Like you have to um, eventually do it and you have to show it to yourself. Are you saying that changing the belief part of it is making your brain understand it? Because you talked about like kind of like just making the decision that you accept yourself. Is that what you were talking? Can you go a little bit deeper? Yeah, I think that the point the point I want to make with that is that there's a lot of stuff we have in our brain unconsciously that tells us stories about ourselves and about the world. And people say, well, I can't change or it's too difficult. And I want people to be like really aware that it starts with a with a decision and quite often these decisions happen when we hit a rock bottom point where we just say no more not enough of this that's it i have to change but, but then mostly after three days they give up again right yeah and then go back to it because they've forgotten that decision and it's really like making this decision to be a certain way or do a certain thing and staying with that and that's why redoing it i was talking with a, a client recently they were mm. they were getting some great results um in their in their personal life and what they did was they set out what they wanted to do and they focused on it each day to put it into their subconscious of this is what i want to look for this is what i want to decide this is the filter that i want now and then we were talking three months later about how everything that they wanted to do they'd actually been applying and they had no clue that that had matched up until i played it back for them and they put it into their they had to put it into their brain regularly you know we have to tell ourselves what we want regularly what's important to us regularly because otherwise we might just forget and then we go back to unconscious patterns that are very highly established that are just running automatically all the time and that's what can happen it's what with me recently i've been you know on my phone a lot more because i've just fallen and back into old patterns it can happen but you catch it and then i make a decision i don't want to be on my phone all day i want to be conscious of when i use it i want to be in control of that but this core belief of like being essentially this is the point I want to make our worth as a human being for people to say that I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. It's just a moral judgment that they're making. It's the decision that they're making. And we can make that decision to say that I'm, I have worth and value as a human being just mm-hmm. for being alive and being here. And that's a decision that you get to make, you get to make and nobody else can actually decide or validate your worth or value as a human being externally. They can say things to you, but you have to decide whether you agree with that or not. Now, a lot of this will happen unconsciously, which is why someone might insult you and you automatically feel uncomfortable emotions or you feel shame or you feel whatever you feel. That's fine. Like feel those feelings. But my point is that you can feel those feelings by, but with a new story attached to it. Of, of I can feel the feeling of shame or not not being worthy of connection, but really, really know the truth that I am. And I make a decision that I'm a worthwhile and valid, valuable person and actually nothing can change that. No decision that I make, no action that I take can change that. And it, it's a place that we can always return to. It's a safe, like um, wonderful place that we can come back to and a decision that we can always choose to make in any moment. Yeah, I think I read that in the, um, there's a book called, I think You Are Enough or You Are Good Enough. Do you know who I'm talking about? Is that Marissa Peer? Probably. I've not it's read like it. It's a small but I... book. It's like ah. this thick, maybe not, not that thick, but um, it's really just about that, just that we're just good enough without doing anything. Now, go ahead. Yeah, so just the, the one point that I want to make on this is that We are. You're always worthy and valuable as a human being and worthy of acceptance and connection. That that doesn't change. It doesn't matter what you go out and do. That's always there. However, it doesn't mean that we are deserving of it because there's two different types of the of like value, essentially. There's worth of of deserving of anything because that's entitlement. So it's like saying, right, like I work really hard. Um, I put in all this effort. Yeah, just because you, know, you accept yourself, no one's supposed to give you a million dollars. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. just because I accept myself, just because I do all the work on myself and I show up, that my relationship's going to work out or that the other person's going to love me because you can't control that. And that's like the entitlement trap. Well, yeah, but I did all this work and I do all this stuff for this person and they don't appreciate me. Well, 
human beings are imperfect and they don't always appreciate each other. So it's really just knowing that, yeah, you do all of that. And do you know what? You are worthy of that person connecting with you, but it doesn't mean they're going to. And I think when we can let go of that attachment, that's when we have more control of ourselves of like knowing this is a decision we make about our own value and worth, not about other people's value and worth. Um, and we can also make that decision and say, I'm going to accept other people um, unconditionally. doesn't mean that I will always like them or like what they do, but I can, I can accept them as a human being. It's a great place to be. Like people really pick up on it because they don't feel judged. They know you might judge their behavior or, um, you know, want, want them to change that, but you're not trying to fundamentally change someone. Um, and it's a good place to be, but it's really knowing that it doesn't mean that we're going to get what we want. You know, it, it doesn't mean that things are going to work out, but it means you're worthy of it working out. You're worthy of getting what you want. It's possible for you. And that's, that's something that you have a right to as a human being. You have a right to ask for what you want to go out and do the things you want to do. It just doesn't mean you're going to get it. And I think taking that expectation off takes the pressure off because it's like, oh, okay, right. Now I can go for it. But if I don't get yeah. it, I'm still worthy and I'm still okay. Yeah. It's like us born and being alive is already the jackpot. Everybody else, just, everything else is just a bonus. But it's the comparison in the world to say, oh, this is a celebrity. This is a rapper. This is a, that person's more successful. That person has this many followers is what kills people, which I do understand. I, I totally have empathy with it because if you see like someone else having so much and you don't have anything, then that can hurt. But we can go for it. Is do you believe life is fair? No, it's definitely not fair. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's one of the yeah, I think that's one of the um things that many people that's where you get pain if you believe it's fair a lot i i, I learned, you try to make it fair i think that's where it's going to be hard yeah because you're you're that's a great point you're trying to make it fair you're not in line with reality like we actually experience quite a lot of peace when when reality is as we think it is and that's what acceptance really is because we're not trying to change things i experienced this a lot with poker Poker is one of the most unfair games that you'll ever play, right? <laughs> so you study, you work hard, you put in all the effort <laughs> and you play really well and you can lose for a year because you can just lose and lose and lose and lose. And you lose, just right? get the fucked up cards and like, yeah. You get really bad runner cards. You get the good cards and you get them in good. And then the bad card comes like you get a pair of aces in against the pair of twos and then mm. you're 80% favorite and the two comes out and that will happen five times in a row, 10 times in a row, even though the probabilities are really unlikely. And this is the point, it's it entitlement. Happen. It can happen and it's entitlement that says, well, I worked really hard. I put in all the effort. I'm better than this, this other player and I lost and I shouldn't yeah. have lost because I'm better. You can only That's... create the atmosphere. You can create the atmosphere and prepare and build the skills. But then you, you cannot say like, I can... I can prepare everything to make good videos and do my best. But then if the audience is receptive. Yeah, I can learn from it and adjust it. But it's, yeah. It's, it's random. You, you go and yeah. put all the effort in and make the best video, right? <laughs> and you put it out and it gets no likes and it gets no views. Yeah. And you're like, what, what is this? And then someone goes and makes a video of them like, doing a little jiggle dance for, for three <laughs> seconds and they've got no experience, yeah, no nothing. Yeah. And people are like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. It's got like a hundred million views. They get uh, you know hundreds of thousands of followers. And then, but the point here is that if someone sits in and says, well, that's, that's not that you can sit there and say, that's not fair. And I'll agree. It's not fair. But when they say that's not fair, I should have got those views. It should have gone how I wanted it to go. That's when someone's going to upset themselves because it's not true. It shouldn't They're have gone like that. They could procrastinate too, or yeah. I would just make another video. I would just make another video. Just make another thing. Just make another thing. On some point, you get better. You build skills. You will. It's like people, are, and I used to do this, this one thing, this one thing. But it's really the big picture. You just got to keep going. If you build more skills and give more value, you're going to be like a well-trained soldier or well-trained businessman or well-trained whatever you're going to make good things, but it needs to have that repetition. 
And and I think also you need a level of acceptance in order to keep going. Because yeah. if you didn't have acceptance, you'd be so hung up on that video not working exactly. out. Well, I'm not going to bother again. That should yeah. have worked out how I wanted it to. And that's how, if we let go of these like rigid shoulds and musts and demands of how we think the world should go and actually start saying, well, it's not fair, but that's how it is. Then you can actually work with it. You're back on to making the next video. And I think the key, key point is just to distinguish between there's like usefulness and value that we put out in the world. And I highly recommend anybody building that. And that can be the skill of sharing videos or helping people to communicate or any role that you do in life, being a good teacher, like cooking good food, um, being good at your job, being good in relationships, having relationship skills, whatever that is, those are valuable things that make you more useful. Like the same way Ronaldo is a very useful footballer and people appreciate him for that. But the person part is just different. It's separate. The value that you have as a person is there. But it's not confusing the two because people get entitled of, well, yeah. well, I'm worthwhile and valuable as a person, so therefore I should get what I want and people should love yeah. me. No, it doesn't mean anyone should love you. It just means you're worthy of it. Now go out and create the skills and build the skills that are going to help you realize that. Yeah. <laughs> know that there's no guarantee. And if you get that, you're in alignment with the way things are, the way that life is, and you're going to be a lot happier and, and a lot more feel fulfilled as well. I love that. Do you see a difference in, in will in your clients? What, and when you say will, is that like will the de means determination? Like the, yeah, the willingness to apply the tools that you teach them. It, I see the difference change when they get these changes underneath and they're actually taking more action because will and determination goes up when action goes up. But in the beginning, it's like moving a boulder up a hill. The first few steps, there's a lot of reluctancy there, a lot of holding on to old identities and patterns. But once it's moving, you know, a few weeks later, and then it's like they're moving the ball themselves, like because they can see that they want to do it because they're motivated by the results that they're getting. Because things like validation um, and and feedback are really useful. Like it's great to be validated because you're seeing, it's like putting videos out there might do it not for the likes but when you get a whole bunch of likes and comments come back saying this is great this has really helped me it does validate that you're doing something right you are making an impact if you don't get any comments yeah, or likes people. come back yeah it's then you might have to think well maybe i need to change my strategy exactly. yeah. because it's not you know and someone can say this is the way i am or this is what i do well great if you want to keep doing that fine but sometimes we can adjust our strategy um based on the feedback and, and validation or lack of that we get you know if someone's been in 10 relationships and they've not worked out and they're like well nobody's great and all these people have messed up it's just looking at well maybe look at what role you're playing in that right you're the common yeah. denominator here so what are the actions you're taking or not taking that you could change you know you, your worth your values there but what how what is the value and and um and skills and and think plus that you're bringing into the relationship yeah i can see this obsession in our generation not from me but i see it like outside a lot of times of like trying to make things fair <coughs> on one side for but mostly it seems like for themselves because everybody's like has their own like activity their own like um motive and they're like yeah make it make it fair but it looks more like oh make it fair for my tribe or so I seem special and this thing of I think that's more of a like toxic except it's like the same thing that you, yeah I can accept myself but I don't need all of you guys to call me a certain way so I'm happy um this comes from it seems to me it comes from people trying to find an excuse for not doing the things they actually want to do they're too scared to do the things they want to do. And then they build excuse. They say, okay, um, I'm scared. I feel like I'm not good enough to go for the things I want to do. But here's the easier thing I can do. I can call myself a certain way. And I want everybody else to love me for that and give me money for that. I don't see a way to reach this, these amount of people. Um, I'm trying to, when I make my content, I'm trying to give 
to the people who are sort of say ready. I like I just give it out and the people who are ready, they watch it. But it seems it's a huge, it's a big amount of people nowadays. Maybe it's because of the internet, maybe it's loud. But what are you making of all of that? Do you think it's better to just focus on the people who really want to grow? And yeah, what do you make of all of that, what I just said? Yes, it's just people can only um, change or understand something if they want to. You know, can't force anybody to do anything. And I think it's accepting people as they are and that they're just going to get the results they get from what they're thinking, believing and what they're doing. And, and there's no right or wrong about that. It's just that that's what they're going to get. I think if we go around like demanding that people should give us what we want or or change because we say they should, um, then it's just not going to happen. It's not how people work. People don't like being yeah. told what to do. Um, and again, it's, it comes down to a bit of entitlement, really, of like, you should do what I want um, versus them presenting the evidence and saying the, this is what the benefits are and this is how it could help people and help us connect. So for me, it's I'm, I'm really about just empowering the individual to go with the way of life and, and the way things are. Um, and be accepting of that and accepting of themselves um, whilst taking the actions that are going to move them forward. I love that. I don't want to keep you too long. I know the time you have a, a busy schedule today. Um, so you cannot go longer. And I want to just say thank you so much for coming. There were so many great things and I'm sure we're going to do some future podcasts together if anybody um wants to reach you wants to work with you wants to follow you wants to learn more about uh self-acceptance and all of the great things you teach how can they find you sure so you can find me on instagram um at the perception coach and on tiktok at the perception coach you can direct message me on instagram i'm usually pretty good at picking those up Or you can find me on my website, which is www.theperceptioncoach.com. And you can connect with me there. I love that. Thank you so much, John, for coming. Um, I'm excited to have future conversations with you. If you guys have questions, ask them in the comments. Uh, me and John can answer them. And we're excited to see you guys in future conversations. Thank you so much, John. And next time, maybe we talk about parenting and other things and marriage, because a lot of people want to know about that. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, I'd love that. And thanks so much for having me here. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, man. I love that.